sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, July 16th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. And we are putting the fun in functional sports content. Stick with us here for the next two hours on Sports Grid, 7 to 9 a.m. every weekday morning. And Kev... You know, it's so interesting because over the last couple of weeks, we have been like, hey, this sport is back. Hey, this sport is coming back. What are all the procedures and the regulations for this sport to come back? Well, we've got another thing that is coming back. And Kevin, it is El Tigre. Tiger Woods is back on the PGA Tour at the Memorial Tournament. And we talked with our guy Cam yesterday. I think it's kind of interesting. He is going off, you know, in like the mid-20s in terms of his odds. What do you think about this? You think maybe the books are trying to invite extra Tiger money out there? He's going off right now at 20 to 1. Yeah, and they absolutely are because they they know what's going to happen here. Um, you know, I don't know, Dan, if you've talked to any you know friends right uh, about this tournament that's coming up, but I certainly have, and I know I, I know one specifically who knows his golf, who has yeah. told me that he's betting Tiger this weekend, and I said, well, why? He's really going to do good? And he goes, I don't know. It's Tiger. I'm back in Tiger. Tiger. Like that's that's what it is. Like at the end of the day, he is still comfortably the biggest star. In this sport, yes, Rory McIlroy and, and Brooks Koepka, right, and DeChambeau, like all of these guys are are are, are mm-hmm. stars within the sport. But Tiger Woods is a phenomenon, right? Like the amount of eyes that would be on this tournament if we get to Sunday, and he's legitimately within shouting distance of where those twenty to one tickets would potentially be able to cash. He is the difference maker. He is what takes it from golf fans are on the edge of their seat to everybody is all of a sudden tuned in to the guy in the red shirt. Yeah, absolutely, Kev. You know, we'll see if he's got his red shirt on Sunday. In order for him to be playing on Sunday, though, Kev, he needs to make the cut, right? And that is the Mm -hmm. subject of our poll question today on the early line. You can check it out. You know, you can check it out here on... um, at Sports Grid, at Spitting Speeds, at Kevin Walsh. We want to know how do you think Tiger will fare in his return here at the Memorial? You know, will he really be good? Will he win the event? Will he finish top 10, top 20? Or will he actually get out the gate slow and miss the cut? You know, I talk about uh, missing or making the cut, Kev, because when I look at some of the odds boosts that we have, right? There is an opportunity to get some extra, you know, extra value, let's say, on Tiger. And we got the Pat McAfee Super Boost, right? Pat McAfee, friend of our network, friend of the show, friend of FanDuel. In fact, they have turned what I think is a ridiculous Super Boost, okay? For Tiger to make the cut, it was minus 450. However, now with this Pat McAfee Super Boost, it has gone from minus 450 to plus 100. Kev, that is like a, a that's a lot of movement. That's a big time boost. We here at the early line need to give everyone the information on what's out there. You can get even money now for Tiger making the cut. And that is a very, very big deal. Now we always talk about the was, right? And I love that FanDuel does show you this, just to kind of let you know right. the the value that you're getting, but they won't change it, right? As to where it currently is. But it was minus four fifty. And they gave it to us at even money. Now, this bet is one that you can make without the odds boost. I don't know why you would do that. Maybe if you wanted to play it for a bit more. But Tiger Woods to make the cut, right, in in the Tiger Memorial Specials, which, yes, he has his own tab. And honestly, he should have his own tab. But where he has his own tab, minus 310 for him to make the cut. Now, no, it is not the minus 450, right, that it once was. People have found themselves, you know, starting to get in a bit more on this number. But I think... I'm sure part of that is also people are coming here more and more and more, um, you know, and, and maybe going on the other side, looking to hedge. We don't know. Uh, the max bet is $50, uh, 
Now, and you have to think, though, that there's going to be quite a few people who do take advantage of what is a great opportunity. Again, think about this. It was minus 450. It's still a minus 300 bet, right? So $50, you're getting your 50 straight back. Uh, you, you could probably piece together the odds quicker than me, but on a minus 300 bet with a $50 risk, I don't, your, your return is not all that great. So that is a wonderful odds boost that the FanDuel Sportsbook is offering. Yeah, minus 300 on $50. You know, the, um, the idea of what you're getting back probably isn't there, but you're right, Kev. The idea of this boost from minus 450 all the way to even money is huge. The other thing you mentioned, Kev, that I think is important is kind of the idea of the star power not only that tiger brings right and i gotta tell you i think the memorial has done a great job at least you know in the thursday and friday groups obviously over the weekend with whoever makes the cut they go in reverse order so they can't kind of be strategic about that but they are stacking big boys together here for the first two days of this tournament i think maybe riding the wind right in the coattails of tigers in this tournament you may get more eyes to the set and when you do Check this one out. You know, Kev, I mean, you're going to see Tiger with Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. Talk about a high-powered group. Not to be outdone, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is playing with last week's winner, Colin Morikawa, and Patrick Cantlay. People who follow the PGA Tour know that a winner can definitely come out of that group. Not to be outdone, Dustin Johnson is with Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley, some of the young guns. Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Shane Lowry. Kev, they're kind of stacking some big boys together. Do you think that is a smart move to get eyes to the set? Absolutely. I mean, people are going to be drawn to this, especially Rory, Tiger, and Brooks. Yeah. I mean, maybe the three biggest names in the sport and where FanDuel I think has given us a nice opportunity here uh, is to go to the round matchup bets that they've made available for us as well, where, you know, you can bet within the round and, and you can do it immediately. Right. I think, you know, we're not, I certainly at least Dane and finding myself, you know, getting a little bit more accustomed to, to golf betting. We've been talking to cam now, uh, you know, every week for about a month straight or so. And, it's certainly something that was a bit more foreign to me when we had first started this conversation. But the one thing that, you know, maybe was a bit lost on me is, you know, you have to wait the four days for it to go home. They're almost right. They're all kind of futures plays. Like, that's just what it is. But if you get out on some of these round one bets, right, then you can kind of get immediate results. And you can bet who will lead that group between Rory Tiger right. and Brooks Kepka. You can bet who will lead that group after the first round. And there's been some line movement here, but Rory has continued to get back in this group. He has a plus 135. Both Tiger Woods and Brooks Kepka at the FanDuel Sportsbook are plus 210. I myself have decided uh, to jump on in and, and back the movement here uh, and get after uh, Rory. He actually owns the best first-round score in tournament history uh, when he shot a 9-under um, back in 2014. Okay. So I am I'm, I'm looking to back Rory here. You know, there's a lot that's going to probably want to spur him on because that's the other thing when it comes to the star power that's out there, Dane, right? You know, the, the pressure's on, and the, and the top golfers are going to want to come out and perform. Um, we had Cam tell us yesterday that Tiger is typically a slow starter. Yeah, there's definitely right. some nerves there, you know, in backing Roy that maybe Brooks Kepka, who missed a cut last week, is going to want to, you know, be extra, extra on his game to start. Yeah. But there's a lot there to back Roy. A lot of people are backing Roy in this specific market, and I'm one of them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, to make an analogy. I know that over in the NBA, right, Kev, which I know you know so well, every time Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard are on the court together, Right. Mm -hmm. They are trying to outdo each other. They are trying to show the other guy that I'm the man. Right. So I think these kind of three ball uh, three way lines for the groups are interesting. You mentioned the big spotlight group, Rory McIlroy at plus one thirty five as the favorite Tiger and Brooks at plus two ten. The same can be said. I mean, listen, you got DeChambeau at plus one sixty, Morikawa one ninety five, Cantley one seventy five, and the other big groups, Justin Thomas is a favorite within that group at plus one sixty. DJ at plus 175, Xander Shoffley at plus 200. You also mentioned, you know, Kev, there's so many ways 
to, you know, bet golf, right? And we're learning more and more when we see Cam. I look at our poll right now, and thanks to the dozens of people who have already voted, we're going to get that number into the hundreds before the early line is up. Kev, right now, and I know it is early, right? But most people are saying top 20. Okay. And I think it's interesting because Cam has showed us so many different ways to bet, you know, and, and I, what do you think about someone like a tiger, like a Rory, but in a more conservative, you know, in a con more conservative play and have them, you know, in the top 10, in the top 20, you don't get the same bomb kind of value, but uh, that could be another way to skin the cat. No, absolutely. And, and that is one of the things that when it, when it comes to, I think, golf specifically, it just shows how many different ways uh, you have to really approach the betting markets, right? right? In that you can take, okay, like, so, you know, Brooke Kapska and Tiger Woods, right? They're similarly, I think, priced, at least they were around that 20 to 1 range. Now, those are big dogs when you really think about it, right? Those are massive caches if you get those guys to either right. one wins outright. But there's only one winner, right? And Cam said this to us many of times. There's only one winner so the other way then if one of your guys that's a little bit of a long shot has a nice weekend you can bet them top 10 top 20 and if you find some real big dogs you can still get plus money on guys to finish yeah. top 40 right you can get plus money sometimes if you like a guy enough to just make the cut right so yeah. that's why i i think if you and the more we continue to look through these markets dane the more interested I become. I want to mention the DeChambeau, Morikawa, Cantlay group that you mentioned okay. uh, there. This is maybe the group with that'll be the toughest to judge when it comes to round one because, I mean, DeChambeau's a beast, right? Cantlay, if you remember, was Cam's favorite last week, his favorite play from the six-pack, yeah. uh, and then Morikawa obviously wins. So there's a lot of talent in this group. I myself am backing Patrick Cantlay. Cam advised us to try and fade DeChambeau just a little bit, and I understood mm -hmm. all of his reasoning there. Colin Morikawa, there's got to be a little bit of fade. I mean, my goodness, the guy came back from three shots down to get himself into that playoff, and I mean, you guys were talking about it a lot yesterday, was able to pull out some real magic. If he can come out the yeah. gate just a little bit slower, Patrick Cantlay, who I thought had a nice close to the tournament, I think at plus 175 right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook, would not be a bad look. And then one other group bet uh, for the people, uh, books, but it's the opportunity supposed to close at uh, eight seventeen this morning. So you're going to, you know, have a little bit more time to get things in, in but uh, you know, an hour, a little bit more, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and Xander Schauffele. We're going to back JT. Uh, obviously things slipped away from him last week. He plays better when he's angry at plus plus one sixty right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We're backing him uh, in his round one group betting market. Sounds good. I mean, Kev, you could even do it in a heads up way. I just heard someone you like heads up against someone you don't. Minus 110 on both sides. Justin Thomas straight up against Bryson DeChambeau. Maybe that's the way you go as well. When we come back more on the early line, we're up and running. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. We're giving you the edge every morning. And Kev, we're looking. We're lucky because we're on at seven o'clock every morning. But our next guest, he hits the snooze button a little bit earlier than us, bright and early in the morning. You can catch him on Sports Grid Radio 5 a.m. every day. Bagels and bad beats. And because, you know, he's still up. All it is is another cup of iced coffee. We welcome our guy Wetzel in with us right now. How you doing, brother, man? Thanks for, um, I don't know. I, don't, I usually say waking up early with us, but like staying awake for another minute or two. Thanks for joining the early line, brother. <laughs> this is the middle of the afternoon for me. Yeah. Hey, no ice coffee. That, that's, 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 no, 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 no. It's either, it's got to be hot. If it's not hot, I'm not drinking coffee at all. No, it's definitely hot coffee. So. 
All right, fair enough. You don't like iced coffee, but you do like the action on the ice. So let's talk a little bit, Scotty, here about nice um, segue. Very good there, Dean. Yeah, like yeah, listen, I'm a professional. <laughs> don't worry about it. Tell you. They don't call me the spitting statistician for nothing. I ain't got to talk slower. Y'all got to listen faster. But as we do this, let's go to the NHL. And honestly, you know, we hear so much about the NBA bubble. We hear so much about all these protocols in other sports. And it's like we don't necessarily see how the sausage has been made in the NHL. So give us a little insight here. I am very intrigued that they've announced these hub cities, right, in Edmonton and in Vancouver. How come any American cities didn't make the cut? Or I'm asking you that, obviously, as a leading question. What's going on with all that, Lil Wetzel? But two things. One, Canada hasn't had the issue that the United States has. So the coronavirus isn't as bad up there as it is here in the States. And really, probably even more importantly, um, they couldn't figure out a way that, okay, if you had all those players playing, let's say one hub city was in the United States and another hub was in Canada, you'd have to, for the Stanley Cup championship, you know, transfer those players to one of the two hub cities. And what are you going to do? Like sit out eight games or sit out five games or five days in between the, uh, you know, the conference finals and the championship, because, you know, you have to get quarantined because right now, and they're finding out with the Toronto Blue Jays in baseball, baseball is not signed off or at least, Canada has not signed off on the Blue Jays playing in Toronto because they don't want teams going back and forth. So I think the NHL realized that they didn't want to have any kind of headache. You know, it's easier in Canada. I don't blame them. I don't want Americans to come across the border right now anyway, right, Wetzel? I mean, this is – I understand, you know, given the way the curve is in this country. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of weird, you know, not having anything. Now, you figured they would have one hub city or they would have two here in the United States. But, uh, you know, Orlando's already booked. And, I mean, I'm, so Canada loves their hockey. So we're going to have two cities uh, up there kind of control the Stanley Cup championship. A little weird, I, but you know what? It is what it is. What are you going to do, right? It's a crazy year. Now, Scott, I got I have to ask you, um, because, I, I, you know, from the time that I've known you, I know you're not afraid to call people out for being dopes, as you usually like to call it before we get into the specifics with these games um we had tracked a little bit the situation that played out with the nhl's draft lottery uh and we had spoke to george kurtz about it he's like i don't know what they're doing but basically a playoff team has the number one pick but we don't know who and it was this weird thing where i'm like well why did they need to do the lottery and george was like yeah i don't know good question because the nba i mean they operate on a similar timeline like scott what was your reaction when you saw that Whoever is eliminated, at least there's. it's not all bad news because maybe they end up with the number one overall pick. Yeah, it's very weird because I, actually on my TV, I get channels from all over the country, and I, I pick one up out of, uh, I don't know where it is, but it's in Canada. And the Canadians mm-hmm. are having debates on whether they should try and win the first round, this little play in best <laughs> of five, or actually get put into the draft lottery and hope that they're the team that would end up getting the number one pick. I mean, they're actually having that debate. They, they figure, well, what's realistic? You know, are the Edmonton Oilers going to make a strong run and win the Stanley Cup championship, or are they going to beat the odds and have the number one overall pick? So it's it is very, very bizarre. Listen, they should have just done all the teams that make the postseason, the 22 teams, put them separately, put the other teams that didn't, and then draft a number one. I, I mean, it, it's very weird. Um, listen, you got to be a brain surgeon to figure out the NHL regular season standings, and you got to be like an eye surgeon <laughs> to figure out the postseason, and then you got to be an ear surgeon to figure out now how the, the draft yeah. lottery is going to go. Boy, they make things just so complicated to be a fan for hockey. You really, They really do. Hey, well, so let me ask you, you know, in all of these sports, you know, when we've been talking about it, at least here on the early line, we've been talking about how in the context of coronavirus, variance is going to be kicked, right? And we, who knows what's going to happen, how people are going to react, teams, players, what have you. And we have found ourselves being very intrigued by plus money, right? Because of that, when we talk with George Kurtz and others, some of these playoff series It sounds like part of the conventional wisdom are to take some of these underdogs for reasons like you mentioned Montreal. They have Carey Price, the hot goalie, could get, you know, could change anything. With a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, they have Kane and Taves coming back from injury, right? So, and then when you just throw out the idea that anything can happen, we don't know what's going on after a three-month break, are you on that same vein, the idea that maybe some of these underdogs in these play-in series could be the right way to go, take the plus money when variance is king right now? 
Yeah, absolutely. I actually think, Dane uh, and Kev, that the NHL is the antithesis opposite of the NBA. Whereas the NBA, ah. I think the veteran teams are, are going to be the ones that are going to be successful. I think the younger guys, you know, they're not used to being cooped up like this. They don't care about winning a championship. They just want to go out and have fun in the middle of summer. But it's the, it's the veterans that realize the end is near and is a golden opportunity to win a championship. NHL, though, I, I think is going to be just the opposite. Whereas I think it's the older guys that are just, uh, can't be the with it but the younger guys everyone grows up in hockey to want to win a stanley cup championship that is like the creme de la creme de la creme i hate to break it to mm -hmm. anyone but no one grows up in the united states saying boy i i just can't wait to win an nba championship they, they want to get to the nba to make money the hockey guy he still has that mm. dream that young guy still has that dream of oh, man i went through all this work so i think it's going to be the younger teams you know the islanders i, I got a couple of shekels on i think is going to do well the only veteran team my boston bruins but uh, in that same vein, Dane, yeah, I, th I think some of the younger teams and some of the underdogs because – and also don't forget, they reseed now. So right. it's not like mm. before where if, if a number eight seed upset a number one seed – well, he's going to have maybe a little bit easier bracket, but that's not the case. You know, the number eight seed upsets the number one seed. Now he's going to have to face probably the number two seed because the right. number two seed figures to win. So they reseed after every single round, uh, which makes it that much more difficult. But I do, in general, to make a long story short, like the underdog theory because unless you're there, ultimately, who knows what players and what right. teams are really focused and who are not really focused. That's a very, very good note to know, too, right? Because we do see that sometimes without the reseeding, if you get a more favorable matchup, but to be an eight and have to beat one and then two and then maybe three. So uh, that is a good note to know. So then let's apply this maybe a little bit uh, to some of the series prices, Scott, that are available over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's, you know, again, there's there's a lot of plus money out there that, that jumps out to me. But what about to you? Uh, are any of these series prices grabbing your attention? Yeah, I got four, and they're all dogs. Uh, I like Montreal right. plus a buck sixty-five against Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if the Canadian teams are going to have any kind of advantage, being the games are in Canada, since there aren't going to be any fans there. But it just you know what? It's Pittsburgh. It's it's Carey Price. You know, give me the goaltender that's capable of, of putting his team on his back. And uh, you know, Pittsburgh last year was knocked out in the first round by the Islanders four zip, if you remember. So no doubt they might, uh, you know, have this chip on their shoulder and say, not now, not again. But I, I'll still take uh, Montreal plus the one sixty six, as you're seeing with FanDuel now plus one sixty five. Uh, I like the Rangers plus a uh, buck twelve against uh, Carolina. Uh, they they open up the campaign, which is a kind of goofy, but we can get it if you wanted to. I don't know why they would open up with the uh, Carolina and the Rangers, but uh, with Shevchenko back in goal for the Rangers again, young team, a uh, goaltender who did very well before he got hurt. I would not be shocked at all to see them make a nice little run. Um, I do like the Arizona uh, getting small odds, but still Arizona getting plus eleven, uh, one ten rather against Nashville. Coyotes were three and two as I'm looking at my numbers here uh, against Nashville this year, so they've had some success. The one that's it's kind of pick. I do like the Islanders a lot uh, against Florida. I think the Islanders, same thing. Uh, they play a lot of low-scoring games. And again, the antithesis of the NBA. I think the NBA is going to have a bunch of high-scoring games, guys. I think the NHL is going to have a bunch of low-scoring games. I, th I think the offenses are going to have a tough time getting in gear. So give me the team like the Islanders that are used to playing in a lot of 2-1, two, 3-2 two type of games. And they had they had success in the postseason last year a little bit. And uh, I think they're a valuable uh, play as well. Last one from me, Wetzel. You know, I'm intrigued also by, you know, seeds 5 through 12 are going to play each other. These top four seeds, right, who are kind of in like this little round robin to figure yeah. out seeding. When it comes down to it, I want to know, because we're thinking about how NBA teams are going to play those eight games, right, for seeding. And I want to know how you feel about it in the NHL as well. we got about a couple of minutes left. But Wetzel, honestly, if you're the four seed right now, right, uh, like Philadelphia, are you going to really play for it to try to move on up? Or are you just going to more kind of just get yourself into game shape? Are you going to try and improve your seed? And if you're in the one seed, it kind of sucks because you got nowhere to go but down, right? How do you think <laughs> yeah. those buy teams are going to play that round robin? Are they going to try to get wins or get healthy or what? 
I think they will, Dane. I think that's why maybe the NHL said they're going to reseed after every round. Because at least this way, if you're the number one seed now um, versus the number four seed, you're going to get the true benefit of being a number one by being able to be the top seed in all of your rounds if you should pull off that upset. So I don't know if they'll necessarily go gung crazy, but you know, it, I think they will actually try just because of that caveat of being the number one seed all throughout. Or and really, more importantly, the three versus the two, um, and then being the four, being able to leap up like that. You know, But you do feel bad for the Boston Bruins that, you know, for all intents and purposes, that basically clinched the number one seed with 100 points, right. eight better than Tampa Bay, and now they got to play this little goofy round-robin thing and could fall all the way to number two or three or four, whatever the case may be. Let me ask you quickly, Scott. we only got about a minute left before we get you out of here. You mentioned the fact that they're leading with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I'm sure, you know, it's not the sexiest mm. game on the slate, and I'm sure that, that, you know, those are some of your frustrations there. Uh, but also a noon start, do you think that throws them off at, at all? And have any of the mm. games that have been listed get only about a minute left here? Have they, any of them jumped out to you? Uh, noon start? No, you, you get that every once in a while on NBC. Um, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't have started Rangers Carolina. I know it's New York number one market. I get all that, but geez, I would have gone rever- almost reverse. I, I would have put Pittsburgh, Montreal. You get Montreal, the biggest mm-hmm. team up in Canada, and you get Pittsburgh with a veg- with uh, Crosby, obviously. I would have done that. So, I, But I don't think the 12 o'clock start will have any effect on, on these games. Uh, they're used to that every once in a while on, on Sunday afternoons, so... Hey, Scotty, uh, if I can ask you one last question that you answer in two words, because we just mentioned the Rangers, who's going to be between the pipes for the Rangers in this playoff? I got to believe it's going to be Krzyzewski. I, I, I don't really? think they're going to go with Lundqvist. Okay, yeah, interesting. Absolutely. We yeah. have been talking yeah. about that. George Kurtz thinks maybe it's the king to kind of give him the gold watch and play for the number one pick at the same time. And he's had a ton of success against Carolina, too. I I will say that, but uh, I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. By the way, over two and a half bogeys, Tiger Woods, lock it in. Ooh, sounds good. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. We'll we'll, uh, have you back soon. Come on, early line. Keep rolling after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, putting the fun in functional sports content. Kev, nice to spend a couple of minutes with our guy, Wetzel. He precedes us on this network, 5 to 7 a.m. If you think you and I got to get up early, it is nothing compared to the man Wetzel, Bagels and Bad Beats. Make sure to check that out, uh, 5 to 7, every weekday morning. And Kev, it looks like he is fading Tiger a little bit. You know, he threw that there in in the end. And I got to tell you something. He ain't alone. I check in on our poll. 23% say that Tiger will miss the cut. 50%, including my own vote, was in the top 20. So when you add that up, Kevin, you know I can do the quick math. We're talking about three quarters of the people that think, you know, he does not make the top 10. So pretty interesting there. Good to spend a couple of minutes with Wetzel, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I had a feeling he'd be able to throw us something on Tiger quickly. I was actually going to ask it to him, but he he found his way. And I, look, I'm actually, I, I am as excited for a uh, golf tournament as I've been of all the ones that we've talked. Is some of that Tiger? I don't know. Is some of that, you know, the fact that we're, we're certainly at the window, definitely a part of it. Um, but I am excited. I, I am looking forward to what we've got here. I think it's part of it also, Kev, is because, you know, Cam has been coming through for us. So oh, now absolutely. you see this as an opportunity instead of just another sport that's out there. But we keep it moving. Another sport we have been talking about a lot, especially ever since the tournament has gotten back going, is the MLS. And yesterday, Kev, I told you, you know, it was interesting to me that San Jose and Vancouver, they were kind of a spotlight game by themselves. You know, the only game of the day. And now looking back on it, They deserve to be, right? San Jose gets the win 
over Vancouver, four to three. So goals were scored, five goals scored in the second half, including the winner in extra time in the 98th minute. Chase Salinas for San Jose getting the game winner. Kev, what's starting to come into focus for me are these five substitutions that are happening, right? These guys are coming in with fresh legs in the 90-degree heat in Orlando and having an impact. I said earlier or last week, this idea that more goals being scored in the second half is a bet that I continue to look for, and it continues to keep coming home, Kev. I think right now, it's funny, but we have there has to be an adjustment out there. Now, we've been talking about it a little bit here on the early line. And I think yeah. we, you know, we certainly made that adjustment quite quickly. But what was once a, you know, a, a restart that offered us no goals, it felt like, right? Everything was right. under. First half, nil-nil draw was just coming home. Like, that was the only option. On the, they might as well have just dropped the ball at the 45th minute. That was the kind uh, of results that we were seeing. We have now played seven consecutive games that have gone over two and a half goals. And yeah. there's been a couple of them, like last night's game between Vancouver and San Jose, that have sailed over seven goals. Seven goals is a ton. And what we're also seeing a bit here, Dan, and I don't, you know, you've certainly followed the MLS more than I have when it comes to on a regular basis. But we are seeing, like, late bursts from teams yeah. a little bit more. 3-1 Vancouver led with about 70 to go. Then San Jose comes in, scores in the 72nd, and then in the 81st. And then one of the final kicks of the game, they bring this thing all the way back and go up 4-3 Vancouver with nowhere near enough time to get the job done. Is this normal for the MLS? Where we, or do you think it's, the, as you mentioned, those late substitutions that are spurring on the late finishes? Yes, I do. I think it's the latter. I think that is one of these impacts of the five substitutions we're seeing. And also, you have to understand, it's definitely hot down there in Florida. These guys are still kind of ramping their way into game shape, right? So you have some people out there with the tired legs. And I think the kind of super sub substitution is having an impact. You talk about late bursts, and that is what I'm writing, and that is why I keep on going back to the well with the second half being more goals than the first half. We got a breakfast game tonight, or not tonight, today at 9 a.m. in about an hour and a half, and it is the Atlanta, Atlanta United against Cincinnati. And I'm going to go right back to that same well. Remember, there's the three-way action with a lot of soccer bets, right? So in the half with most goals, the first half is plus 205. They have a tie, you know, the same amount of goals scored in each half. That's plus 245. The second half, which is what I believe we have been seeing as a trend, Kev, it's minus 106. I'm okay with that, right? Because we have seen this time and time again, and I think there's an actual trend and strategy here because of the substitutions and because of, you know, this tournament still being early. And, uh, Tired legs are in play. What do you think about that bet or anything else you may see for Atlanta-Cincinnati this morning? This is a, a tough call for me. So Cincinnati was probably the team uh, that came out of the first you know, bunch of games here. Now everybody does certainly has a game under their belt. There's a couple that have multiple, but everybody at least has one under their belt. Probably the team uh, that was least impressive was probably Cincinnati losing that game to Columbus for yeah. nothing. Atlanta, though, is a team that I am hesitant to back. I've heard some people talk about that opening performance from them against the Red Bulls, and they said they just looked like they didn't want to be there. They just didn't want to yep. be there. And one of the things I remember when we spoke to uh, Tom Bogert, who certainly will be, uh, we got to get him back on the show uh, at some point, maybe next week, uh, to yep. you know talk about how things are, are, are progressing here in the MLS, uh, is that their lead goal scorer, Josef Martinez, is not with this team. And... Right. That can really be a blow to some of these teams. I think about the performance that we saw from NYCFC. And you have to wonder how much Maxi Morales not being yeah. out there mattered to them and how much that, you know, Tino's already struggling. You know, <laughs> does Atlanta United see Cincinnati on the other side of the pitch and see an opportunity to wake up and this minus 170 price is justified? But I don't know if I could lay minus 170 with this type of team. I think what I would rather do here, Dane, is if Atlanta United can start to figure it out a bit, 
I think minus 148, over two and a half goals. We've got seven straight games. If it's not broke, Dane, why are we looking to fix it? There have been goals galore right now in the MLS. If Atlanta United wake up and see opportunity here against Cincinnati, then we're going to see a lot of goals. And I think if Cincinnati goes out there and pushes the pace a bit, because at this point, what do you have to lose, right? you you got to go out there and you got to find goals. Goal differential is not going to be your friend with already being at a minus four. You're going to have to go right. out there and you're going to have to push the pace, I think. So I think another over here is in play. Interesting. And like you say, if Cincy does push the pace, they are liable to get caught you know, coming back the other way. Cincinnati was an expansion team in MLS last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't surprise me that they didn't get out of the gate too strong in their first matchup. You mentioned the Columbus crew dominated in a 4 nothing. Yeah, Tom mentioned the fact that Martinez may be more impactful for Atlanta than even Carlos Vea, the leading scorer for a team like LAFC because they had a lot of other dynamic goal scorers. Martinez, obviously huge for Atlanta United. Then tonight, what we're going to see is a battle of Canada. Kev, we're going to see Montreal and Toronto. Toronto look good in their first outing. Remember, we may see Josie Altidore today because that game is not at 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern start Toronto minus 115 favorites over the impact. Yeah, I think backing Toronto here makes a lot of sense. You think about how that first game went for them. They were another one who fell victim to uh, a collapse. They were up 2 nothing, with, yeah. I think, maybe entering around the 80th minute or so. And they were also up a man. D.C. United I believe, was down to 10 men, and they let that game slip. I think if they have Josie Altidore out there on the pitch with them and they see themselves find a lead against Montreal, I think that because of that first experience for them, it'll kind of settle in that they have to keep pushing, put it out of reach, stay focused, stay locked in. Minus 115, again, it's a, you know, that's the benefit of the triple money line here, right? They would be, you know, massive favorites if that draw wasn't in play. I think they're going to look to avoid the draw at all costs here because that was their first result. I like Toronto FC at minus 115. All right, fair enough. And then the nightcap tonight, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, where maybe it'll be only 85 degrees in Orlando by then. You mentioned that, you know, it's interesting. You told me that Cincy, to you, was the least impressive team. I've heard a lot of analysts and and the like say the inverse of that, that it wasn't that Cincy looked bad, but that, in fact, they were impressed by the way Columbus looked. And it will be Columbus on the pitch again at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Red Bulls are the second opponent in that group. Columbus plus 125 favorites. Yes, you can be a plus number and be the favorites in soccer because of the three-way line. Plus 180 for the Red Bulls. And you know I love to draw, but that's at plus 240. How do you see this one, Kev? Yeah, so this is an interesting spot here. Uh, I think it is very reasonable, especially after the first batch of results there. Uh, And again, with Atlanta being without Josef Martinez, to say that these are the two top teams in this group. And a win here for either side very likely, uh, you know, means that their position, I believe, would definitely lock in their position uh, into the next round. A draw for both is reasonable. The thing is, neither one of these teams conceded in that opening game. Now, we said that, you know, these games have been getting over, right? And Columbus put four in the back of the net. The Red Bulls, uh, they won their game one nothing. You know, I thought maybe we could find ourselves a bit more juice on an under two and a half goals. Let this maybe be the one spot where we try and go the other way. But it's only at even money. Like, it's minus 122 to go over two and a half goals here. And, and Dane, maybe... I am letting the the numbers dictate too much what I'm thinking here. I thought maybe an under. I don't know if the value's there. Maybe we just let this be another day where we play over two and a half across the board and we live with the results and we come out on the other side and see how we look. Yeah, Kevin thinks there's goals that will be scored. I got to ask you now as we're in the kind of the second games of the group stage, do you think in general – that means more teams will press if they know they need the full three points. Does that expose them? Might that be another reason to go over the style of play of these teams who are now chasing points? Yeah, because you only have three games, right? So you, so the result matters way more than goal differential. 
I, you know, yeah. it depends on your spot, depends what your first result was, but I definitely think there's an argument to be made that some of these teams throw caution to the win and push for it and see if they can scrap up any kind of points. All right, let's see if, you know, yesterday, last night, we had a 4-3 final. Let's see if the goals continue to come when we come back right here on the early line. We jump across the pond, Kevin, and we see what's going on in football over there in England right here on the early line. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. We put the fun and functional sports content. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man live and direct from the basement, Kevin Walsh. And Kevin, yesterday, when we talked about soccer out there in Europe, we both made plays. You were talking about going over three and a half for Man City. I instead went a little bit more conservative. I went over two and a half and Man City to have the halftime result. I sweated it out. Man City was up 2-0 at halftime, and then it took to the 88th minute for Burnmouth to come on back and get a goal to push me over my 2.5 and and ultimately cashing that same game parlay. So I'm saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We go back to the well here in the EPL, and I got to tell you, there's a couple of games that I think are pretty interesting. One is Leicester City against Sheffield. Uh, Leicester is a minus 105 favorite, and again, any team, anytime I actually see a minus number with the three-way line in soccer, to me, that's a pretty big favorite that I can get without laying too much juice. You like Leicester at minus 105 today? It's a tricky spot here for Leicester. Mm. Now, some will tell you this is a nice opportunity to try and buy low on the Foxes, who absolutely need this game. But as we learned yesterday, sometimes that's not all that matters. Remember, uh, we were we were talking about uh, Wolves and their matchup with the tricky Burnley side. And Wolves, they got that goal around the 80th minute. They're up one nothing. 96th minute. Concede a penalty. Damn. Last kick of the game. And Burnley got themselves another 1-1 draw. Sometimes that's not all that matters. Let's talk a little bit about Sheffield United here. Now, the restart was not incredibly kind to them. They got out against Aston Villa, who is a relegation uh, side this year or likely relegation side this year and it was a nil-nil draw which was really disastrous because if you remember Dane and this just feels like centuries ago but they had a free kick that went to the back of the net because the keeper walked it into the back of the net but VAR everything missed it and they came away with only a point then Newcastle <laughs> beat them 3-0 then United beat them 3-0 everything was a mess but then they hit July and they beat Tottenham 3-1 Play Burnley, of course, they drew at Burnley because Burnley is just out of this planet. But then they beat Wolves, 1-0, and then they beat Chelsea, 3-0. These are some of the top clubs that they've been playing here, and that's why Sheffield United, again, you wouldn't think about it, but they currently sit eighth in the table, and actually, if they go out there and get themselves a full three points, would be able to move up to sixth in the table. I don't know... Could champions or, you know, could one of those top spots still be there for them? Maybe a top five finish. It's doable. I, I think I think it is certainly doable. Again, uh, you know, Chelsea is a little bit too out of range for them. But there, there is there's a lot here for Sheffield United. This game also matters a ton for them. I just can't back Leicester with the form that they are in. And Sheffield United, I would say, is in the opposite form. They're playing really really well here you know plus 320 dane not often do i find myself looking to that size dog but faster it's been collapse after collapse after collapse and one other note i i don't even want to attempt to say his name because it it would it would be a total botch job but the top center back on lester is actually going to be suspended for the remainder of the season because he picked up a red card in that in their last fixture that matters a lot to me because that red card led to the collapse in their last fixture. So I think here 
you've got a plus 320 t- team in Sheffield United. Again, you know, we've seen it in soccer. Does you know, I think home field's dictating this number a bit and the, how much that matters, tough to say. I think we saw yesterday Tottenham, terrible road team against Newcastle, has been pretty strong at home, went out there, put three goals up, got themselves a 3-1 win. I think because the home um, is benefiting Leicester a bit here in terms of the number, it's pushing them in that direction. I think because the narrative would be Leicester needs this more than Sheffield United would be pushing people in that direction. And one of the rare times I'm going for the biggest plus number on the board when it comes to this triple money line of Sheffield United plus 320 to go out there, keep their good form, uh, their good run of form going, and Leicester to continue to fall back a bit. That is very interesting to me. You know what I'm going to say in response. You know, what about (laughs) the way you talk about this? I might hedge it a little bit and go with my little plus four two forty draw as an option. You know, if they keep it uh, scrappy, maybe it winds up with a draw. But you're right, Sheffield with a lot to play for. Remember, Europa still, you know, something that could be a huge boon to the yeah. finances of any club as well. And they're certainly in the conversation for that. You talked about going to the biggest dog of the day in the EPL at plus three twenty with Sheffield. What about the biggest favorite of the day? I see Man United, Manchester. You, you know. Kev, even with the triple money line at minus 310 against Crystal Palace, are you comfortable laying that much juice on United? Now, United should win this game. Really, there there should be no questions about it. But maybe there is reason to be concerned. Last, So this was Monday. We went into that United game against Southampton. And I think it's fair to say that Southampton are a better side than Crystal Palace. Uh, Currently, the table would back up that thought process. But United went into that game. They come away with three points. They sit third in the table. Or they would have sat third in the table, Chelsea. You know, right now would have had a game in hand. But they would have moved to third in the table. And in the 96th minute, again, you know, these last-minute goals, they are back-breaking. Uh, but in the 96th minute, they concede on a corner. And they now find themselves still sat in fifth. And there are questions to be asked. This is, a, you know, this is a team I follow very closely. And they're... You know, it's it's gut check time. It, can we get hmm. the job done? Can we finally put ourselves in a chance to, you know, get into the top four? It's been a long climb for this team. Damn, they've not lost in 18 games, okay? Ah. And they're still sat fifth. That There's a lot of ground they had to make up, and they've made it up. But they are now still knocking on the door. They just haven't knocked that door down yet. So there, there's – and I remember I told you even with that Southampton game, right? I said, I said look, the win is not guaranteed. Now, again, I think right. they're going to be able to get this one here against Crystal Palace. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, what are we going to do at minus 310? Are you really going to be going out That's there and betting minus 310? It's a hard. I think over here is more than in play. Crystal Palace have been pretty sloppy at the back. So that Aston Villa, uh, again, put two goals on you, is not a, a comforting sight. And then you look when they play the top teams in this restart. Chelsea put three past them. Leicester put three past them. And Liverpool put four past them. Over two and a half. I thought it would be a, a bit heavier priced here. Minus 142. United can do that on their own. So I think mm. that the over here is more than in play. And I'm going to try my hand at this again, Dane. We went uh, last week for the win cast, right? Uh, a goal right. and the result. Anthony Martial to score and United to win is even money. The reason why that's noteworthy for me is that last week it was minus 115 for that same exact result. And I'm a bit thrown off by that. Now, I think some of that is, you know, because United were home, the line was so big, but I'm throwing, you know, home out a little bit here when we look through these games. Manchester United are playing a lesser side here. Anthony Martial is in form, scored in that game against Southampton. He's looked fantastic. And this number at even money, I think, is another way to play this. I think he does get on the score sheet, and I'll also throw the same guy out there that we mentioned last week, Dane, Bruno Fernandez, Yay, Bruno. penalty taker, played, probably played his worst game in a United shirt. Probably played his worst game in the United shirt. I would not bet on him having two poor performances in a row, plus 160 for him to get on the score sheet and United to win the match. I think both of those win cast options are live. Can I interest you, Kevin, something I did yesterday with Man City, if you remember... Sure. 
You, there was a big kind of, they were big favorites. I took the first half result. You know, it sounds like sometimes these teams can get up, they try to score early, and then they, you know, kind of sock it away. When I look at this matchup, right, you know, man, you to win the first, be winning in the halftime results is far less juice than in the entire game, minus 135 for them to be up at halftime. You think they can kind of take care of business and get up early? Absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, you'd have won that bet had you made it against Southampton. They were up 2-1 going into the break. And I like that. I, I like that quite a bit. And that was the thing I noticed yesterday with the Manchester City bet. And that's why it, yep. you know, they were up 2 at the half. half. Nothing to worry about there. And that game was weird. I mean, only 2-1. For a team that had been scoring goal after goal after goal to not get the job done in that way. I, I thought that that was a nice find by you yesterday when we talked about Manchester City. So I thought it was very, uh, I thought it was well done. I thought it was a nice strategy, and I definitely think it's one you can go for here again. All right, fair enough. There's two other games in England going on today as well. You got Everton against Aston Villa. You also have mm-hmm. Southampton, who you've talked about, against Brighton. Anything specifically we should look out for in those games? Any specific leans anyways, Kevin, for us to make money? Everton and uh, Aston Villa of the two grabs my attention a little bit more here. Uh, Aston Villa is a team that's going to just have to try and go for it a bit to save off relegation. They are currently on 30 points. With a win, of course, they could get to 33 um, but still Watford and West Ham on 34. It, it's a battle. They need results. They need to push for it. I don't know really, you know, again, them playing for goal differential is, is I don't think, the best way to approach this. And Everton, when given opportunities, they can go out there and put up goals. Now, it, they've only scored once, actually, in their last three matches. They've not had a great goal-scoring record since the restart. But that's why I think today could maybe be a bit of an opportunity. It's only minus 106 to go over two and a half goals in that game, Dane. So I think maybe, you know, hoping to see a little bit uh, of pickup from the Everton offense and maybe take advantage of an Austin Villa team who has to push forward a bit because of the relegation battle that they find themselves in at a pretty doable minus 106 price. What does Southampton and Brighton have left to play for? Yeah, so, you know, again, Brighton finds themselves sat 15th in the table on 36 points. Austin Villa, could they potentially catch them? Bournemouth, maybe. But, you know, Brighton, they've left themselves enough distance. Again, like, you you talk about those teams. Is the gap there? Yes. But they have to get the results. And, obviously, they're in those positions in the table to where it could be difficult. And, again, Southampton, we saw what they did with Manchester United, right? Southampton got the job done. Uh, pretty impressively, again, in that spot there. Southampton being plus 120, uh, again, against a much lesser Brighton side. Again, I think is is a position here where the triple money line is our friend. It gives us a plus money opportunity, and I think it's totally one that you could justifiably back. All right, fair enough. That's what we do here on the early line. We get you guys ready for all the opportunities to win some money. And soccer, especially in the month of July, before baseball gets started, before the NBA gets started, is an absolutely important market for us to look at. However, we always know, Kev, that here the NFL is king on SportsGrid, right? So when we come back, we're going to catch up. On the NFL, we talked about it yesterday, how it was a deadline for the franchise tag. And some players got paid. Some players are going to have to accept the franchise tag. We're going to talk about how the market is being played, how would we respond, and what is the impact on some teams when we came back. It's hour number two of the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 